Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I have some special things coming out for the summer and for the group coaching program. One, it's going to be an event a private intimate event with about seven people, but I can't quite announce it yet. It's not quite ready yet, but look out for that. That's happening soon in August. So if you are interested, reach out to me at jacqueline.davis.biz at gmail.com. It's going to be in Puerto Vallarta. That's all I can tell you though. I can't tell you much more. If you're my group coaching program, go listen to the private podcast because I've already told you guys more about it, but I can't tell it just yet because it's not ready yet. Okay. But if it's it's going to happen. And if I'm, I'm by now, I've probably signed a contract with the retreat center. So it's happening one way or another, <laughs> but I'm doing that. And then also I just want to say thank you. All you guys reached out to me last week about my dog. He was fine. The surgery went well, he did not have to get any teeth removes, removed. His teeth look sparkly white, super cute, and his little mass is removed and they they felt like it was benign. There was no blood supply going to it or anything. So that's really great. He just has a, he has a little scar and they have to make the stitching more aggressive so that if he tries to scratch at it, it's not going to split open. But this is a funny story and then I'll get into the three fundamentals of bulimia recovery. But this morning I took him for a walk and he likes to play fetch. That's his favorite game ever is trying to catch the frisbee out of the air. And I let him off the leash in the morning in the soccer field and he was super excited. And it, but he had to take a, he did a really quick turn to get back to me and he just nosedived. And of course, the, the side of his neck that had the scar on it just completely ran across the grass. <laughs> I was like, God, this is, I can't imagine what it's like to raise toddlers because they probably do the same thing, but it's like, you just had surgery and now you're scraping your wound across the grass. So of course we got back home. I, I doctored it up. I made sure and there was luckily no bleeding or anything, but I like sprayed it with antibacterial stuff and washed it off. I was like, oh my God. Um, so he's doing good. He's fine. Fit as a fiddle. And the first day when I picked him up, he he was basically the, the doctor said he's going to be like a little drunk teenager because he doesn't, he's under the anesthesia drugs a little bit, but he doesn't know he's under drugs. So he's going to think he can do things and he can't, like he won't be able to jump up in the car correctly. He's, he's going to be off balance, but he was just super vocal, which he's not a very vocal dog. So he was just whimpering the whole time. And every time we'd stop at a stoplight, he'd start whimpering again. He'd be like, come on, let's, let's keep the car going. He wanted to come home and then he would just... He he was basically high the whole day. And so when I was, and I was trying to stick around to make sure he was okay. So I was washing dishes and he just stood there for an hour. Just didn't, usually he sits down or something, but I think because he was high and just wasn't really aware of what was going on, he just stood there like a creep by the couch and just watched me for a good 40 minutes before he finally decided to lay down and then continue watching me. <laughs> It was really odd, but yeah, having a high dog was fun for a day. And then he was feeling very chipper the next day. But anyway, today I wanted to talk about the three. Oh, and the last thing, last thing, 
we're doing a free challenge. You should have already known if you follow the podcast, we're doing a free challenge next week. So if you haven't signed up for that next week, my free challenges weeks are just like a free mini course full of awesome content for you to help you in your recovery, motivate you and give you daily motivation and content. So go check that out. There's no reason you shouldn't join. It's free. You get daily emails. You get lots of support. There's a private Facebook community that's temporary. And then you'll get a special offer to join my group coaching program afterwards. But if you're not sure, you're kind of on the fence of like, I like her podcast, but I kind of, I'm not sure about her programs and stuff. Check out the free challenge. And even if you don't want to join the group coaching program, which why wouldn't you? It's awesome. But you can join the challenge, get tons of free content and support, and then be on your merry way. So yeah, check that out. You can find that in the description link below or my website at bingebreakers.com. But today, I feel out of breath. What is going on? (sighs) Gotta get through these podcasts. Today, I wanted to talk about the three fundamentals of bulimia recovery. Part of the reason that I'm talking about these fundamentals is because for the retreat that I'm preparing, and I want to, after this retreat, do more public events that are are more expansive for more people, that are more accessible to more people too. But also, I'm thinking I'm redoing our group coaching program. Not because it's bad, just because it's a little bit older now and I feel like it needs refurbishment. It needs organization. There's so much content in there. Like... It's a little overwhelming and I don't want to get rid of that content. I think I'll just move it to archives and stuff like that that old members can access. But what I do want to do is make a new program that takes everything from the old program and then the new and just kind of reshapes it under these concepts. Because I was thinking if I could only teach people three things or four things or just main core concepts that would assure that they are recovered and they can stop binge eating and, and stop purging what would it be? And it circles around these things. And I got the idea while while walking around in Target. These are really what helps me recover if I had to boil it down to three things. One, eating enough and eating consistently. Two, feeling my feelings. Three, changing my mindset around food, my body, and myself. I'm going to break those down. But if you don't take anything else away from that, it's feeling your feelings, eating enough and eating consistently, and changing your mindset around food, your body, and yourself. Those are the things that help me recover. And I'll tell you why. One, eating enough. It's got to come first. It might not, like maybe you'll need to change your mindset around food in order or feel your feelings in order to do number one, which is eat enough and eat consistently. But the reason I say that is not only does it build abundance with food and build safety with food because you're eating enough and eating consistently. And that was not something I was doing. I was eating enough, but I was not eating consistently. I was eating like not enough in the mornings and then I would eventually break and cave and then binge. And that would allow me to kind of get as much as I needed, even though I was purging and then have dinner. But then the whole time my mind was wrapped around the fact that like, we shouldn't be doing this. This is bad. We're going to tomorrow start again, that sort of stuff. So I was eating enough, technically. I was eating to the point where I was slightly overweight, but I was not eating consistently. And the whole time, my mindset was fucked about food. It was very much in a scarcity mindset. So even though I was eating enough, it really wasn't helping. But even if you didn't change your mindset around food or try to feel your feelings, even if you just made sure that you were eating a sufficient quantity and you were eating it on a consistent schedule, no matter what, no matter if you binge and purge or whatever, you would probably notice some sort of benefit. You would notice that you feel like food is more reliable. You feel like food is more available and you know what to expect and you're not so scared around food because you know it's going to show up at a consistent time every day. And also, outside of all those things, 
It's very hard to stop, to manage your urges and to feel your feelings and do all the mindset work required in recovery and whatever else and have yourself heal from all the damages that your eating disorder has done to you if you're not eating enough and not taking care of your basic needs. It's just amplifying the urges and it's recreating the problem. It's like someone trying to trying to, what is it called? Like they're on a boat and the boat has a, a giant leak in it, but they're, they're spending time trying to pail out the water. Like if you are not eating enough, it's like you were just, but you're doing the other work, like feeling your feelings and changing your mindset around things. You're basically just trying to pail out water from a boat that's sinking because there's a giant hole in it. You have to fix the hole and then you have to pail out the water. The hole is you not eating enough and you not eating consistently. And then once you patch the hole, yeah, you're still left with a bunch of water in your boat. But the changing the mindset and then feeling your feelings is you pailing out the water with a bucket, but you fix the, the core problem of why it's going on. And sometimes the core problem isn't eating enough. Maybe there's emotional issues going on or stuff like that. But this assures that there's the thing that we can control, which is eating enough and eating consistently, is taken care of. And you're not making the problem worse or exacerbating it by not being able to think clearly, intensifying binge urges, all that sort of stuff. It's just eating enough and eating consistently has to come first and it's important. And I've worked with so many people now, like it's really, it does come down to it. So if you think you're special and that you can get away with not doing it, you got to think again. That's just not going to work out. Just don't do that. Okay, and then the second one, feeling your feelings. So this one sounds very basic, and I have many different episodes dedicated towards how, like, different ways to feel urges, different ways to feel your feelings. I've talked about this in multiple different ways on my in my group coaching program, and I also talk about it a lot on our group coaching calls. And with my clients, like I've, there's a lot of different content I put out there on how to feel your feelings. And I'm sure I'll think about it more or put out more content in the future because it's something people always ask about, ask about. But feeling your feelings is fundamental. And I know it sounds basic. It sounds woo, but you need to be able to deal with the discomfort of urges of other emotions that promote urges without using behaviors. You need to learn the difference between resisting an emotion and trying to fix an emotion versus just allowing it. A good example I used with a client this week was surrendering to your emotion. And she, you could tell it was a clicking moment for her. She's like, that feels safe. I explained it to her like this. I talked about, if you guys are OG listeners, you'll know, a few years ago, I was in an accident. And it was really shameful for me because I didn't, I wasn't distracted or anything, but I looked both ways, but I still ended up going when I shouldn't have gone and I hit someone. It was totally my fault. Luckily, no one was hurt. But in the car, there was a mom and her like five-year-old daughter or whatever. And the amount of guilt and shame and dread and horror I felt after that accident just hit me like a ton of bricks. And the mother was screaming at me in Spanish. She didn't speak English, so it was even worse. And I could I just imagine what she's saying, like, you almost killed someone. You almost killed my daughter. All these things. And it was just in that moment, I didn't try to fight those emotions. I didn't try to pretend like it wasn't my fault. I didn't try to justify it of like, I didn't mean to, because obviously I didn't mean to. I just tried to literally surrender and be like, yeah, I did that. I'm so sorry. That's, I'm, like, there's nothing else I can say. And I just let myself sink into that feeling. And it was ugly. It was awful. It was a very dark place. But the more I just allowed it, the more, the easier it was to let it pass. And when I told this to the client, she was like, I see now it's, I've had those moments where there's nothing more you can do. You just have to accept the reality of it. 
And with her, what she's always trying to do with these emotions that make her binge is she's trying to fight them or fix them in order for her to move on. But sometimes in the moment, the art of feeling your feelings is really not trying to fix it. It's actually trying to surrender to it and accept it and allow it and move through it the best way that you can. And sometimes I'm not saying there's not a place for distractions or numbing yourself. Like you can find healthy ways to do that. But if you are on the verge of something very uncomfortable and you want to binge, if you don't want to binge though, in that moment, the answer is not to distract yourself or fix it. It's to allow it. And that is the art of recovery. And that is a crucial lesson I learned in recovery was feeling my feelings. And the nice thing about that is when you learn how to feel your feelings, you actually learn how to feel other uncomfortable emotions and can do more things in your life. And I think it was Brooke Castillo says it, uncomfortable or discomfort or whatever is the key to your dreams or is the the payment you have to make to access your dreams. And I totally believe that's true. And I've seen that to be true in my own life. The last key, which is something that feels even more intangible than feeling your feelings, it is mindset and changing your mindset. And we actually talked about this on our last group coaching call on Sunday. For those of you guys that don't know, my group coaching call, we meet every Sunday at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. This week, we're actually meeting on a Monday, but most of the time, Sunday, 9 a.m. Mountain Time. But on our group coaching call, we're talking about this and someone said, mindset, yeah, it sounds overused, stuff like that, but learning how to think and reframe things that were once bad to me and then thinking about a way that helps me has been crucial to my recovery. And I had to learn how to not only change my mindset about my current thinking, like there were a lot of thoughts I was thinking that weren't true. I needed to understand that. I really didn't think before I started my whole recovery journey that my thoughts were things that I could disagree with. I really just thought my thoughts were my thoughts and that's what it is. And it's just what I think and what I think is true, which is so silly now that I say it. But I had to learn firstly that thoughts are just thought, they're thoughts, they're not reality. That's different. And then also I had to learn that I can just let thoughts go. I don't have to fight them. I don't have to fix them. I can just not latch onto them. I can just not attach them. I can just not ruminate over them. And then also I had to learn that my thoughts affect my reality. So what I think does become true. If I think that I'm a piece of shit, then I will act like a piece of shit. And that's what I thought all the time when I was going through bulimia, but like, I'm such a terrible person. I'm horrible. I deserve nothing. I can't do anything right. And then that sort of thinking led me to just give up. It was just, it was just my mind's way of making me give up. And then what did I do when I give up? I would binge. So that was crucial for me is really understanding my thoughts created my reality. And then also I had to realize of my thoughts, I could I could think on purpose. I couldn't help what I initially thought, my gut reactions to things. I still have bad thoughts all the time. But what I could help is what I think on purpose, what I decide to intentionally focus on my mind on. And I decided to intentionally focus my mind on thoughts that helps me with recovery, like I'm a human being worthy of decency and respect. And even though that thought had nothing to do with recovery, it helped me treat myself in a way that I would a human that's worthy of decency and respect. And it meant not being mean to myself, not torturing myself all the time. And then when I was nice to myself, weirdly enough, I didn't have the urge to binge as often. It still came up, but not as often. And then I started to intentionally reframe my thoughts around binging itself, that it wasn't the end of the world. And it wasn't this thing that made me feel like I needed to 
treat myself horribly. And then later that led me to believe that I don't think I actually want this anymore. And to reframe my idea of the binge urge is not this enemy of mine, not this thing that I can't control, but just an impulse that I need to react differently to and not be so dramatic about. And lo and behold, things changed. And then it also changed in my mindset around food and restriction, that there is a healthy balance between boundaries and and being healthy with food and not restricting with food doesn't just mean I eat everything I want. And then later on, it's helped me to reframe my idea of being able to help other people and who I am. For you, reframing your thoughts, learning how to intentionally think and let go of your, or certain thoughts and not make certain thoughts a big deal, that's going to change the game for you. And changing your thoughts around your body, food, and yourself are all going to help you with recovery. I hope all of these fundamentals helped you. I'm going to be speaking about this a lot more in the new program that I'm creating, in the retreat that we're doing, and then also in the challenge that we're doing next week. The challenge was made before these like concepts, but you'll see that all the concepts I talk about are related to these things. So I hope you enjoy the challenge next week if you're joining, and I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode and you found it helpful and enlightening. But these are the things. Don't let your mind confuse you. Don't let your mind think recovery is this huge thing you have to do. It's just eating enough and eating consistently, feeling your feelings, and changing your mindset. And that looks different for everyone, and that is hard in the moment, I get it, I'm, but I'm trying to simplify it so that you can have something to ground yourself to. You can have anger thoughts of these things, like at the, when it comes down to it, this is what you need to focus on, and that will lead you always. This, these thoughts, these fundamentals are your compass in recovery. That's what I want these to be for you. All right, I'm going to let you guys go with a private podcast also. If you guys don't know, I do a private podcast every time I group coaching program. And we talked about alcohol, but also some coaching tools. So if you haven't listened to that, if you're a group coaching member, you can go find that on the private podcast. It was a helpful episode too. And then if you aren't a group member, you can always join. You can always join and get $10 off your first month on my website at bingemakers.com. All right, I'll let you go. Bye, everyone. Never give up on yourself.